Welcome to Clean Matters, a podcast brought to you by Perfect Clean. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Clean Matters, a podcast brought to you by Perfect Clean. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the show. This is episode three, and today we are talking about the case for reusables versus disposables. And breaking that down for us, we have a cast of all-star members here on the podcast today. First, we have Lurley Morrow. She is the regional sales manager at the UMF Corporation. Lurley, thank you so much for joining us here on another episode of the podcast. Welcome. Thanks, Tyler. Absolutely. We're thrilled to have you along. We're also thrilled to be joined today by John Sherberger. He's the owner of Healthcare Healthcare Risk Mitigation. John, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Very good stuff. And last but certainly not least, we're joined today by that she is the president and CEO of Sterile Surgical Systems. Greg, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks. Great to be here. Very good stuff. So I gave everyone your names and, and your titles and the company you work for and all of that. But I would love to have each of you introduce yourselves to the audience. Tell us a little bit more about you, your role, your company, and all of those sorts of things. So, Lurley, you are a return guest to the podcast. So, why don't you kick us off? Tell us a little bit more about yourself, your role, and uh, and what you do at UMF. Sure. So, my background is in medical textiles. So, I'm very passionate about this topic for sure. There are so many different applications, especially within healthcare, and, and so many benefits to be had from medical textiles, um, especially with all of our uh, all of the technology being produced today. UMF Corporation is a manufacturer and developer of high-performance uh, technologies and solutions for all markets uh, focusing on healthcare. And so just excited to kind of talk about the, the developments there and, and how you know the community can benefit from those. Excellent, excellent stuff. Lurley, thank you again so much. John, go next. Uh, tell us a little bit more about you and about uh, your work with healthcare risk mitigation. All right. I am a past uh, environmental services director. Sounds like everything's going to be in my past, but I'm still active. I'm a past president of the HLAC. I've been on the board for the American Hospital Association Certification Center. I've been on the board for the Association for the Healthcare Environment. I am currently on the board of the Pierce Foundation for Scientific Endeavor and the Environmental Services Optimization Playbook Program, where we assist hospitals in standardizing their operations and moving into more progressive steps and thoughts and ideas. Uh, I have been a very big proponent, probably since 2000 and 2000, uh, of healthcare-grade ultra-microfiber and I have to agree that UMF makes one of the best bi-component uh, products. But uh, one of my jobs has been with the ESOP, Environmental Services Optimization Program. We have investigated and dissected and uh, destroyed about 65 different products uh, in order to come down to a total of four that meet the definition of healthcare grade ultra microfiber and UMF perfect clean products is one of the four. Excellent, excellent stuff. And we'll be diving so much more into this topic as the podcast unfolds. But Greg, uh, wrap us up and tell us a little bit more about yourself and, uh, and your role and what you do with sterile uh, surgical systems. 
Okay. So again, I'm, I'm Greg Gusevich. So I'm, I'm the president and CEO of Sterile Surgical Systems. We are an accredited healthcare launderer servicing the Pacific Northwest. And we're also an FDA registered sterile surgical pack provider. Reusable microfiber mops and wipers are near and dear to my heart and they're near and dear to our customer's heart. And I'm, I'm simultaneously, I'm, I'm a past president of the Healthcare Laundry Accreditation Council, and I'm currently the chair of the inspection committee. So this, this topic is near and dear to my heart, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the podcast. Well, this is a, a fantastic topic and obviously one that is, as I think all of you mentioned, near and dear to your heart, an important topic to discuss when it comes to the industry. And so, Lurley, kick us off. Tell us a little bit about why there's confusion around reusables versus disposables in healthcare and give us a little idea of where this conversation originated. Sure. So there's a few different reasons why factors that contribute to the confusion surrounding reusables versus disposables in healthcare. First, questionable marketing and advertising from disposable manufacturers and distributors, which is not surprising. You know, there's definitely a misunderstanding of the wiper cycle and false assumptions regarding disinfectants. And that controversy really stems uh, from a study published by Gerba et al. that focused the attention on the possibility that reusable wipers of any kind may recontaminate a patient room with bacteria that cause HAIs. Since then, numerous studies to the contrary have concluded that current infection prevention strategies uh, for laundering and handling healthcare textiles appear to be adequate in preventing HAIs, especially when the necessary steps are taken to maintain the hygienic quality of that textile prior to use. So, you know, it's, it's important to, to look at facts versus fiction when, when you see any of this, this research coming out. The CDC, OSHA, EPA, and Joint Commission have all published information in support of the use of microfiber products and the superior results achieved using these products in healthcare facilities. So that's that's an important thing that we want to touch on today is just to uh, talk about the, the facts versus the fiction that's out there. Mm. Greg and John, uh, any follow-up comments to, to Lurley's comments there just around where this uh, this argument originated and uh, and where this all stems from? In, I'll, I'll take a stab at this as well. I, I think one of the things that's, that's really important to do when, when reading studies like this, or not even the studies, but just looking at the claims of this is to, to dig deeper, whether it's food manufacturers having studies or whatever, we need to look at the actual research that was done. And I think this is a great case of that with this particular study, the clearly the the microfibers were not laundered in an accredited facility. They were not laundered according to standards, and they they did not follow any sorts of standards or best practices as far as laundering or protecting or disinfectants used. And of, of course, they're going to have bad results when you do that. But that's why these products all have instructions for use. They they need to be used and processed a certain way, and they will work just fine, and they'll work actually much better than uh, disposable products we have found. And John, any final thoughts on this? Uh, on this, just just this initial question of where the the debate between reusables uh, versus disposables kind of came from and the origins of it. Well, I believe that it came from the desire on manufacturers to increase their profits. And one of the companies, uh, I shall not name the company, engaged a, a professor to do a study. And that's where the biggest 
it got a lot of bang for the buck. Uh, however, I personally discussed the study with the lead researcher, and he has disavowed it. He said the, the information he was given, the products he was given, uh, the source of the products, the way the products were laundered or not laundered, whether they were laundered in a commercial laundry or on-premises, uh, either front load or top load uh, commercial quality. And that carries a lot of different connotations. Uh, he did not know any of this information. He has told me that he would disavow it publicly, except he can't. Uh, he signed a, he signed a, uh, a uh, contract. So what happened is a lot of people picked up on that. And through the years, I've talked to a number of nurses who have been the biggest uh, proponent of disposables. And their answer as to why do they prefer them, it's because of convenience. It's they, they have no idea what's involved in producing a hygienically clean healthcare grade ultra microfiber. Uh, it, it's the set, the steps are the same as far as they're concerned. And yes, as Greg knows, as a, as a producer of quality hygienic products, he knows the steps are involved and those steps are re reproducible. And that's the one thing about science. You have to be able to reproduce the steps and whether it's their commercial laundry or the healthcare laundry is uh, accredited by the HLAC or certified by TRSA or uh, accredited by Hohenstein. Those are the three largest uh, in the country and matter of fact, in the world. Uh, they all have standards. They all have uh, processes. And just like you build uh, a, a car, there are steps. There's our processes. If you leave out one step, you're going to end up with a poor product. And when the laundries are following their processes, every towel and every mop, every wiper that comes to the hospitals will be laundered to the same quality and the same level as the textiles that come in contact with the patient's bodies. That's really interesting. And so, so Greg, it seems as though, you know, some disposable product manufacturers have generated this controversy um, to a certain extent around the, the ability for reusable products to, you know, be used once again without recontaminating a patient's room. Tell us a little bit more, go in, go a little bit more in depth on your feelings towards that particular theory, because it sounds like that's not something that you agree with. No, it, it, it's definitely not. I mean, if, processed according to standards, high quality ultra microfiber products will outperform a single use disposable ones. J just they'll outperform them. And obviously they're more in environmentally friendly. But th that being said, there's there's quite a bit to that process and it has to be done properly. So for example, they have to be sorted properly away from other textiles. They have to be washed on a different cycle than than other textiles. They have to be dried a certain way they have to be stacked and finished a certain way. And if they are handled according to all these standards, again, they, they will perform just fine and 
they'll also be, we think, and our customers seem to think, a, a much more economical alternative than the single-use disposable alternative. And one other small thing that I think is often overlooked, actually two other things that, that might be overlooked are, one, if if you're using, if, if your facility is using reusable microfiber products in EVS, those are processed locally. They have to be processed by a local uh, launderer. So one of the kind of nice things about that is, is there's QA every single day. There, there's every single day dialogue between the hospital and the facility that's processing those. And there, there's an environmental impact on that as well, because, you know, they're not traveling as far. It, it, there's less things that have to stay on the shelf. Obviously, they're not going into our, our landfills. You know, we're, we're avoiding that problem as well. But but the whole QA side of that, you're you're working with that launder every day. So if there if there is an issue or there's specific requirements on that or specific ordering instructions, that's that can happen immediately. Typically, the disposable microfiber products, they are taking the definition of microfiber to its extreme. A microfiber is a fiber that is seven all the way down to one micron. And a ultra microfiber is 0.3 microns. And a micron is a, a millionth of a yard. So there it's, and it costs more money to produce a ultra microfiber. And in this case, uh, we're talking primarily about a bi-component where the product is split, where the filament is split, so it is so small that it can reach into the tiniest nooks, crannies, and trap, capture, and remove uh, bacteria and pathogens and viruses and spores and dirt, whereas the typical seven or one to seven micron disposables, the filament is too large to trap, capture, and remove as a healthcare-grade ultra-microfiber can do. So, Lurley, I think a worthwhile follow-up also is that while much of our conversation so far has has been around the effectiveness of, of reusable products and, and the ability for to, to be able to use them without recontaminating a room, there's also, there has to be an environmental sustainability portion of this conversation as well, right? So talk us through that and, and how reusables have a positive impact on the environment, perhaps. Absolutely. And it's important to state that many of these studies on on disposables versus reusables don't talk about the impact of the environmental impacts that disposables have in addition to, to many other facets. So, you know, it's pretty ironic that manufacturers continue to introduce disposable products, even though virtually all businesses in every category are moving towards greener solutions, including the reduction of chemicals and burdens on the waste stream. One of the main issues uh, described in recent studies is this recent trend of the disposable mindset of many in healthcare, as John mentioned, that prefer disposable to reusable, mainly driven by convenience rather than performance. And I, I, I can appreciate, we can appreciate the convenience factor because, you know, in healthcare, the, the patient is your main priority and anything that you can do to make your job protecting that patient more efficient is a good thing. 
but you need to consider the bigger picture, the bundled approach. You know, consider what you're using, the performance features behind that product, the science behind it. You know, do you do you have any idea if that's an effective product or not? Um, those are all important questions to consider. Absolutely. So, John, uh, another aspect to consider is the, is the economic perspective. So, you know, how would you counter the the economic? Uh, excuse me. From from the economic perspective, how do disposables compare to reusables? Um, break that break that uh, side of things down for us. Well, one of the key aspects of the disposables is they are all purchased under a group purchasing organization, a GPO. And GPOs provide a rebate to hospitals. And I think that's one of the biggest selling points. Problem is that they have to look at the life cycle of the products. And honestly, uh, the disposables, the filaments are all made in the Far East. They have to come across the ocean and be transported from the ocean to a weaving facility. Uh, most of the disposables that are made and distributed here in the United States are woven right here in Spartanburg, South Carolina, but they are using filaments that come from China. And as far as the, the, the total life cycle cost, they have to look at, and they, this is where the, we talk about uh, live local, I think it goes live locally, think globally. But we we need to think that when something comes into a hospital, every disposable ends up in the waste and in a landfill. It is not recycled. So for every one that costs, it's about 23 cents per wiper. And when you look at an environmental services tech, that when he or she pulls out a disposable wiper, they never take out one or two. It's usually four or five. Why? Because they do not have what's, a pro- what's properly called the hand. They cannot feel it in their hand. They can't make proper contact with surfaces. They cannot go in the S uh, type of swiping movement in order to, so they always have a leading edge because a single wiper bunches up under the hands. Now, let's look at a reusable. It's majority of them are made in the Far East. Fortunately, there's a company here that's getting ready to manufacture them here in the United States. But the majority of them are made in the Far East. But they have a life cycle where once they get into the system, they're laundered anywhere from, uh, to be effective, up to 125, 140 times. And can you, and, and those wipers usually cost, and, and I'm really not uh, up to date on the cost, but they cost probably 60 cents each for a wiper. And for the cost of 60 cents, they're throwing, they're reusing that. And if you divide that by the number of times it is used for 60 cents, you're getting down to portions of pennies. And then you talk about the, the disposable cost, the disposal cost, the trucking, the haulage, the, the cost of disposing it in a landfill, maintaining a landfill, the greenhouse gases, the methane that is coming off of landfills. Those are all things that people in hospitals have to consider. Now, there are some disposables that are great. Uh, BD makes a disposable uh, hypodermic needles and injections. 
those are the main reason that we use those now instead of the reusable glass is because they are safer. And when we look, compare the disposable wipers with reusable wipers, and I concentrate on wipers, not on mops, because we're talking about people touch points here. We're, we are removing pathogens and potential pathogens from a patient's surface. And the reusables are much more effective than the disposals. The dispos disposables, excuse me. So, Lurley, give us your thoughts on, on the, the economic impact um, and of the conversation. Sure. So I think to kind of reiterate what John said, you know, to, the, to date, to the best of our knowledge, none of the disposal, disposable studies cover the cost of the disposable products, the number of wipers required to be used for patient room, um, and that increased cost of processing thousands of pound, pounds of additional disposable products each year um, that are destined for landfills. You know, the, the disposables are roughly three to 12 more times more expensive than reusables. So looking at that upfront cost and then the return on investment, um, when you put it into, when you put reusables into use, there's a huge, there's a huge cost saving story there for sure. But in a, in addition to that, I think it's important to, to realize too that there are so many other benefits as far as supply chain goes and the sustainability of that, as Greg mentioned, you know, supporting those local jobs, the, the QA portion of that, um, but also the engagement of your team, the human element of this, the, the educational and engagement perspective of your um, environmental services team, because you're depending on them in the end, whether they're using disposable or reusable, what's best for them hmm. as, a, as a factor to consider as well. So, Greg, overall in, in this conversation, help us separate fact from fiction, right? Uh, how can healthcare organizations do that? When, when you know, we, we've broken down so many different arguments, everything from environmental to economic impacts and, and the, the efficacy of, of all of these products. Help us separate fact from fiction and how should healthcare organizations kind of walk through that and make that decision for themselves, like Lurley was mentioning, what works best for them? How can they determine that and, and walk through and have these conversations for themselves? Right. So I, th I think the, the important thing that healthcare organizations have to do is they have to look at this from a holistic value perspective. And they don't want to get too into the weeds of the, the, the little marketing pitches. So you can say, oh, you know, my disposable wiper is 10 cents. And well, I'm going to save a ton of money on disposable wipers. But if they don't clean and a patient gets really sick or dies of an HAI, guess what? That all of a sudden turned out to be a really, really, really expensive disposable wiper that they use. So the, the, it's important for, for when people are doing a value analysis of this, that they have to look at the, the entire big picture. And I think just some things that they need to look at are number one, how does that product perform? If that product performs well, well, that, that, even if you pay a little bit extra for that, that that's going to be worth it every time. If an inferior product is going to increase your HAIs, guess what? I don't care what the cost of that is. That's more expensive than that higher quality product. So I think that should be the absolute first thing that they look at. Another thing which is not looked at that often, but it, but it's a huge factor and it's it's much more expensive than the cost of of the actual product is how quickly can the EVS staff effectively and efficiently turn a room with that product? 
And with, with some of the higher quality ultra micro microfiber products, they can turn rooms much quicker with the statistics that I've seen using the appropriate disinfectants than they can with either lower quality ones or with even lower quality disposable options. As Lurley said, number of products or devices or that are that are necessary to do the same function, that's a that's a huge part of the cost. Disposal of that and the cost of, of disposal is a is a huge part of the cost. Environmental impact is a part of the cost. And another really big part of the cost that has become more familiar to all of us in the last few years is availability. So there was a time at the beginning of COVID when you could not get single-use wipers anywhere. And I don't care how good the product is or how inexpensive it is, if you can't get it when you need it in a hospital, that's a really, really serious issue. So th there's that whole uh, risk mitigation part of that in addition to the, the cost part of it and the uh, effectiveness part of using the product. So to, to summarize, people have to look at the entire picture of the value, which contains many, many, many different facets, not just the one part of what does this one product cost uh, per use. That's a, that's a really excellent point and a really nice um, kind of bow to tie on, on your thoughts there. Um, so thank you for that, Greg. So before we, we wrap things up, I want to give everyone the opportunity just to give us any final thoughts or tell us any, anything that they'd like to add to our conversation today. Uh, so John, why don't, you, uh, why don't you go next and just give us any final thoughts you have if you want to make a, a conclusion statement, a summary statement, or give us some, some thoughts that you haven't shared with us yet. Uh, the floor is yours just for any final thoughts here on this episode today. Thank you. I always have thoughts. <laughs> I have things to say. Uh, I, I will say this, that when it comes to disinfecting a surface, the CDC has come out with a statement that said that the wiping action of the, of the wiper is most often more important than the disinfectant being used because the wiper will remove and I always say potential pathogens because what is a pathogen to me may not be a pathogen to the audience. My point is that when we talk about log reductions with the healthcare grade ultra microfiber, wiping it properly with the right amount of pressure, you will get a five log reduction without having a, any disinfection. Uh, if you use a disinfectant on there, you end up typically with a seven log reduction on the surface. And that's what we're looking at here. The other thing that we have to be concerned about is just was, was reported by the World Health Organization that over the past couple of years with COVID-19, there has been a global a glutton of glut overproduction of disposable products. And I believe they just said that since COVID-19, we have introduced into our landfills 89 million tons of disposables. I'm, I might be wrong on that, but their point is that we have to look at more than just what I am personally throwing into a wastebasket. We have to look on a worldwide basis or if we want to just on a neighborhood basis because hospitals produce more material that goes in landfills than any other 
operation in a county or in a city. And going back to the life cycle, uh, Dr. Michael Overcash for North Carolina State University has done a number of great studies on life cycles of, of gowns and wipers and things like that, textiles that we, we can use. And on a personal note, I like to say, one, I'm getting older, but I have four grandchildren. And I don't want my grandchildren to inhabit a polluted world. I don't want them to have to worry about the wastewater that they're trying, that they're, that's available for them. I don't want them to worry about all the stuff that we're finding on, on the ground. As ARTA, the Association for uh, Reusable Textiles, they say the future is not disposable. And it's not. And I don't believe that using disposables when there is a good alternative in a hospital, using the disposable does not make good financial, moral, or ethical sense. Excellent, excellent stuff. Thank you for those thoughts, John. That was, that was really, really well put, and I think a really well summarized argument. Lurley, uh, take us uh, through your thoughts next and just give us any final thoughts that you have. Sure. Love, love John's sentiment that we should, you know, be more responsible denizens of this earth and, and leave it, you know, better for the generations to come. Um, totally behind that. Can't reiterate enough the importance of the fact that not all products are created equal. Not all microfiber is created equal. As, as John mentioned, you know, you have ultra milk microfiber and then your run of the mill microfiber. So, look at the research and the data behind the products you're considering using as a part of your infection prevention program. You know, use evidence-based products that have been proven to be superior in performance. You know, if you quickly investigate the science behind the products you're considering, you're, you'll, you'll quickly realize that your choices are, are vastly uh, simplified. Um, there are reputable organizations such as the Healthcare Laundry Accreditation Council or HAL, um, AL, HLAC um, and TRSA that provide research and guidance and recommendations to their members um, and healthcare providers to support their efforts to provide hygienically clean, safe, and reusable textile products. So just make sure that you're looking at the science behind it and for evidence-based products. Hmm. And Greg, any final thoughts? Yes, and I, I agree absolutely with what John and Lurley said on that. I think when whether we're cleaning patient rooms or cleaning surgical suites or whether we're protecting the environment, most important is dig deep. Don't go after the headlines that feel good. Rather, go after the truth. And to, to find the truth, we have to dig deep. All microfibers are not equal. Microfibers are certainly not equal to disposables. Look at it holistically. Look at the entire life cycle and I think if, if you do that, you're going to find the most environmentally friendly, the most cost effective, the most performance oriented solution is going to be reusable, high quality ultra microfibers every time that they, they will win out. And we certainly have found that in our own laundry plant, which is critical to be clean. And you know, I, I think most surgical suites or, or hospitals or whatever would find the same thing if they dig deeply and find the truth in there and, and separate through a, a lot of the splashy headline grabbers. 
Well, all three of you brought just amazing, excellent thoughts here to the podcast today. We thank you all so much for your expertise. Lurley Morrow, John Sherberger, and Greg Gusevich, thank you all so much for being a part of this episode of the podcast and for joining us today. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for tuning into another episode of Clean Matters. We appreciate you having you along very, very much. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes. The best way to do that is by, of course, staying locked into the Perf site. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts these days. Make sure to go there and subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with the latest episodes. And speaking of the latest episodes, we'll be back soon with new episodes of the podcast. But until then, for my wonderful guests today, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us. 